Hiya. Hey up. I'm Selena. And I'm Em. And we're just a couple of poor lasses. Doing a podcast. Hey up Selena, it's Friday night, we're ready, we're an hour away from Gogglebox time, so we best wrap this up, make it short <laughs> and sweet. Get us no priorities. <laughs> yep, yeah, and uh, let's get real, let's get straight down to it. What was on the menu for tea tonight? Um, it was pr- even though it's Friday night, fairly simple. So I've had a busy day, and I only got in like an hour and a bit ago. So I just had beans on toast. Beans on with toast. a bit of cheese. Yeah, got to have beans on. Here's the question: cheese on top of the beans or under the beans? Oh, what under underneath? Yeah, mate, melts them quicker, innit? Melts the cheese quick. Well, you know. I was thinking, like, when you make beans in a microwave or a pan, I was saying, like, if you're doing a pan, you can add some cheese in and some butter. But no, I just normally put it on top. I think I like, I think I like, like, stringy cheese on top. See, I am a cheese I've on top tried person it underneath. as well. Oh, okay. I've never tried it underneath, so. I feel like yeah. you don't get the flavour as much if it's underneath. It's like if you eat a sandwich it's upside like... down. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, like, melted too much. You're not getting... Yeah. yeah. For me, cheese is the top, always the topper. Yeah, it's like, you know if you eat toast, but you eat upside down? Wrong. You need the butter at the top. It's just Do you know what? I've never ate upside down, but that's all... Yeah, I... No. What do you have for your tea? Well, are you ready for this, right? Because this is, you, this is the big you're gonna time. You're going to blow me out of the water? Yeah, this is the big time. Okay. So, I've had a bit of a big week, right? Been doing, obviously, a lot of work. Had a lot on, and then I'll be doing... The survival stories on Welcome. So shout out to go and actually go read these stories on Welcome. Please, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, plug, plug, plug. Yeah, it took took a, a lot of work that did. So yeah, go, go give us a go give us a read. Um, including your good self, who wrote a piece for it as well. Whoop, whoop. Um, so yeah, been a bit of a big week. So I thought, right, you know, got to big myself up on Friday, like celebrate it a bit. And uh, bloody ordered in from Bella Italia, didn't I? First of many questions. First of all, I thought they all went bust. Alas, no. Yeah, maybe just the ones in Manchester are shot. Second of all, what did you get? And also, third of all, bougie. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. That's me, Wait, mate. Let me guess. Did you get some garlic bread? Nope. What? Do they do garlic bread? They do, but it's like dough balls or like a pizza. Do you know, like a tear and thingy? Not oh, a tear right. and share, Like a like pizza a... thing. Yeah. yeah, I quite like pizza with garlic bread, though. With they cheese good. on top. They are good. Oh, do you know what, then? I thought I'd be able to guess your order, but you've thrown me already, so go on. <laughs> what, yeah. Mate, let's put it put it this way. If they had onion rings, I would have ordered them, obviously. <laughs> but they, um, they've got this... Because, you know, I'm a total saddo who lives on my own, who's like fucking Billy No Mates. They, um... I've just got used to this life now of, like, when you live on your own, everything sounds so lame <laughs> the menus it's all you know fish supper for one <laughs> it's solo night in yeah but i just think no i need i need a sharing platter then i've got it for tomorrow to share with myself again for tomorrow well this is it right i do always order far too much but um yeah it's called like pasta something for one <laughs> right so yeah pasta deal for one or something on delivery so then you you choose one of the pasta mains and then yeah. you can get a drink 
Um, and then you can get a side and a dessert. And then it's like a meal like, meal. Yeah, like, pretty much. Like boots or Tesco. Yeah, just in the Bella Italia universe, yeah. <laughs> so, obviously got the fries as well, because fries, and they're salty as hell. That's why I needed, like, 400 drinks of water throughout this. When you start talking, like... <laughs> your mouth up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... So, no, no cooking for me tonight. Proper, full-on, ridiculously massive tea. Um, very salty. I'm going to be doing a lot of slurping and drinking while we're recording this. I think today's a special episode. You think? Is that what we call them? Episodes? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. I always get confused with issues. Um, Sarah, big, big, big birthday this year. The big one oh. I mean, can you even believe we've been doing this for 10 years? No, I've been telling people and they're like, what? And I'm like, don't forget the past two years don't count. Well, they do count, but like they feel, they don't feel like two years, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. I'm talking, but I'm actually just Googling what you, what's the, you know, have you got a wedding anniversary? <laughs> yeah, what's the 10th year? What's one? 10 years? What's 10 years? Is it paper? No, that's like one in it. St- wood? It's going to be something like that in it. Let's have a look. Um, 10 years is tin. Is it tin? Tin. Tin. I should have given you a tin of beans, yeah, tin. <gasps> tin or aluminium. So that means we should gift each other like a can of pop. <laughs> I'll give you a can of coke. It's tin or aluminium. Or I'll, I'll give you something wrapped in some foil. Some oh, my God. I mean, um, to be fair, giving each other tins of pop is very on brand. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, oh, dandelion and burdock, so yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, do we need to, like, rebrand and release some, like, um, poor last cans of pop for our 10 year anniversary oh my god my life would be made i think Where, where's all the influencing at like you know can we have um bar do, bar come and listen to us we'll plug you do you know what there is a, i just i was just um i was just at the vets before and across the road from the vets near me is the uh, bar distribution center so if you is need it? to go and knock on some doors mate go on knock on some doors oi bar <laughs> Um, but anyway, so I've got sidetracked. So yeah, we, Paul Laugh is officially ten this year. So it's been ten years since we, since we got together and decided to um, become working class influencers. <laughs> <laughs> did we know at the time? That's what we become. We we did not. We did not know. Um, but yeah, so I guess this is like our reflection episode. So to, yeah, this episode is going to be like us just talking about the past ten years, how many more grey hairs we've got. <laughs> <laughs> all <laughs> um but yeah so it's setting up because i feel like so yeah this whole year we're just we're gonna milk it basically i'm the sort of person that milks my birthday so we're definitely gonna milk it this year aren't we mate it's gotta be done big 10 years no messing about how many projects are just oh just do that for a bit get bored of it next we've been doing this for so long and i'm not even bored of it no and that's so I should clarify for people that don't know. They don't know our origins. I'm not going to tell you the origin story. Our yet. origin story. <laughs> Everyone's heard it and it's, it's boring. Is it, it's not boring, but I'm bored of it. Um, although I will say when we started out, I remember we were just going to make the zine just me and you. So we started out as a zine. So I feel like we did like just over five years of the zine, maybe six, seven. And then yeah. it turned out we've done five years of the podcast. Which is also mind-blowing because... yeah. Who even knew? I can't even remember listening to podcasts five years ago. No? So, yeah, I wanted to clarify in case you thought we started a podcast ten years ago and therefore we invented podcasts because we did not. Mm, alas. We might have a few extra quid if we did. 
<laughs> well, yeah, we won't, I won't be sat here now telling her I'd been on toast for me tea. <laughs> um, so, yeah, 10 years ago, we decided to make Paul Last Scene, which then moved into Paul Last 2.0, which is Paul Last Podcast. And watch out, obviously, 10 years now, we're clearly onto our branding. So, it would be Paul Last the Brand next year, where you'd be able to buy your Paul Last tins of pop. Oh, that's <laughs> what we want. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll go full, fully fledged brand. You um, can have a whole section on Redbubble. <laughs> <laughs> Watch this space. That's the year 11 of Paul Ass. Yeah, Paul Ass version 3.0. Um, but yeah, so this year we're going to dedicate the podcast kind of to the zines because without the zines, they wouldn't have been the podcast. Yeah. So we're going to kind of have a have a have an episode that is loosely based on each zine. Um Shall I, t- shall I say what the themes of the zines were? If people don't know, so they can, they, what they can look forward to for the next coming year of us chatting. Also, shit. yeah, and a bit of VH1 behind the music for you. We didn't even know what they were, <laughs> so we've just gone and found out ourselves, so we could tell you guys. I, I knew, but I didn't know in what order, and so I was like, we'd. I actually have copies of the zines. I have the master copies, but they're in a drawer. And I didn't want to bend down. So I was like on my computer going, I'll just look at the files. But then they didn't have any names. They're just the numbers, but not the names. So then you were like, oh, I think I've got some. But then I just went on the uh, big cartel shop to see what was no longer in stock and see what they got. <laughs> so, yeah, so issue one back in 2017 was work. Then we had, uh, na- was it Neighbourhood and Community? I think the full title was. Yeah. Um, then we did Family. Then we did Relationships. Uh, then we did education, which I know I can vision the zines. That was our biggest. That was the thickest one. I remember yeah, it was a it bumper was edition. Bugger, it was bugger to staple that one because <laughs> <laughs> there was too many pieces of paper. Um, yeah, education, and I feel like whenever we talk about class, I guess especially because we're in our thirties, a lot of people refer to like that's when they realise you know like university and school and college and stuff. So mm. I, I'm not surprised that that was the big the big bumper issue um then we did health and then we issue seven was race which coincidentally was the thinnest issue that we did yeah it was yeah was that the last one yeah and then you did a seven i don't know why oh oh, i guess we had 7.2 7.2 seven and a half and we did a live scene oh yeah for last live we won't be dedicating an issue to that sorry an episode to that i've just decided made that decision right now. <laughs> executive decision um but yeah so i feel like maybe we'll even make a zine this year or something i want something printed this year that's my that's my goal for poor last 10 yeah we why should do we it not, why have we not just been calling it poor last 10 hashtag poor last 10 mate that's what we need to do from now that's what when we reveal a big exciting thing that's going to happen that's what that should be the hashtag for it oh yes yeah so so yeah, we're ten. We're gonna dedicate this whole year to being ten. Um, so what I what I, what my question is to you, Em, is what do you think has changed over the last ten years? <laughs> Which is a big one. You know, since we started, and what I like, how do you, like what's changed? I mean, I won't expect you to tell me what's changed in in the world because you you need three hours to tell you what's changed in the past ten days. <laughs> <laughs> this day and age, you can't keep up. But I guess like I think like how how do you relate to class how do you feel about class since then how do you think class is represented and i don't know what do you think like when we started it what were like were our aims goals and visions and like what have that has that changed how do you feel how do you feel about us now we're 10 
I feel like I'm on a chat show and I love it. You um, I feel like I gave you like fifty questions. Basically, I'm asking you so I can form my thoughts and feelings. <laughs> so you can rehearse <laughs> while I do it. I've thought about this, but I've not actually thought what the answer is. I actually, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, when we started out, I guess we. I feel like we just were a bit pissed off about being mis- misrepresented. But I think we've always wanted to represent us in a not in like a an a, pos- a positive light. Not not represent ourselves our working class people, but we wanted something positive again. Was that because everything that about working class people ten years ago was depressing and grim? Maybe. Well, yeah, because back then it were uh, like a big thing to do with class was it Jeremy Kyle, right? Then were the years that yeah, everybody that sat off watching, yeah, Jeremy Kyle and like can't pay, we'll take it away. And when all them shows Benefit first started Street. coming out, Skin and all that, wasn't it? And um, I remember one of my mates um, used to comment on the fact that Skin was on, and then straight after it was Made in Chelsea. And it was like, <laughs> is this some kind of stupid joke from yeah like and they're doing it on purpose um ironically or not but anyway yeah i think that's been a big thing and we definitely i feel like when we started doing paulas we it came from a bit of a place of anger and a bit of like being a bit leery wasn't it because standard i mean yeah (laughs) 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 we're not messing about but yeah, I think I think that's where it came from. And then, honestly, right, I, I'll share a bit of a story as to where I think... There, there's a lot of things that I think over the years where things changed in my mind. But do you remember, like, my first ever zine? Um, this is a proper throwback. So I made a zine when I was... Um, how old would I have been? Like 20, 21 maybe. Um, called The World's a Mess and You're My Only Cure. <laughs> Like everything back then, everything was like linked to whatever music we were into and whatever. So much bikini kill influence. And anyway, so when um, when I made that zine, I interviewed Osa from Shotgun Seamstress, and I remember that Osa said, um, "I asked I asked a question along the lines of why why is it that you do this zine, right? You know why is it that you chose to make this zine." And Osa said something like, I don't care about changing people's minds. You know, I don't write write this zine for white people, for example. Like, I write this for all the people like me. And I, I do it to celebrate us and to give us a sense of community. And I remember reading that. And I don't know what I thought before I read it. Do you know what I mean? But... It, I don't know, there was something about that that made me think that there, there is a real lack of... Sometimes you spend so much time trying to like convince people or, or like argue for your place in the world or try and change people's minds or whatever. And it can come from a place of anger or defensiveness or... You know, you, you sometimes the world puts you in a corner, doesn't it? Like, if you're from any marginalised group, you feel pushed into a corner and you're desperate to have your voice heard and to have people know what it's really like. And I'm obviously, I'm not comparing class to race. Very different things. There are overlaps, but I think it was just that sentiment of hearing someone say, 
it's not about like doing this for other people and trying to make a stand and whatever. It's actually sometimes just about yeah, creating this nice space and celebrating people like you. And I think what Paul asked, you know, even if it came from a point of maybe being a bit a bit leery at the beginning, and we still are at times, I think it's a warm place and it's a celebratory place and it's a positive thing. And it became more about telling stories that made us feel good and that other people would just get. Do you like when you have a good chat with someone and they say something like, oh yeah, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example. You know, um, it might just be about live, laugh, love or, you know, whether you eat bran beans or, you know, all that sort of stuff that we love. And it's just that, isn't it? It's like chatting shit with people who get it. And I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, that that sums it up. Um, Because I think... It's funny that you said that quote from Oscar because I think that's why I made my zine Brown Girls because inspired by Shotgun Streamstress where I wanted to create something for other people like me. And I think because obviously when we started, we, me and you were like, we'll just make a zine together. And I remember writing something and I think I, it was really, I hated it. I wrote this like piece to our, for our zine that wasn't made yet. And I don't know why we decided to have submissions or open them up. Maybe it was because this theme was never going to be made because we wouldn't have ever filled it. Or maybe because we were just like, what we're writing isn't great. But I think the moment we decided to open up the zine to have submissions and we got those submissions, then it became clear to me that it was that idea of like, we're creating... Because at first I think it was we were like, we want to shout and be loud and be heard and be like, oi, right. Whereas (laughs) I think it did become more of like sharing stories for each other just to be like you're not alone, I'm here. And I think having the submissions based in, having people submitting, and then even doing the podcast and having guests on, or people interacting with us and saying they listened to it and they were like, oh yeah, related, or that's a bit like me, but different. I think that, yeah. I think, yeah, that's definitely it. And I think how I've changed is, I think I always knew, well, I obviously, I always knew class wasn't just about having no money. But I think I've had more conversations about that and tried to explain. And I've got a, not a better understanding, but a better way of saying this is like it isn't. It's part of your identity. It's part of who you are. Obviously, I knew different types of working class people existed, if that makes sense. You know, like there wasn't just one narrative or one story. But mm. I've really enjoyed hearing from different backgrounds. Like, because my story is that of a mixed race kind of inner city raised single parent raised like working class person which is very different from a lot of people in the north of England so just like those factors means that if I hear a story from someone in the south of England or from Wales or Scotland or even further afield or if it's someone who's like lives in a village or quite rural or had two parents, or is white, you know, the story, like, their their stories vary, and, like, their kind of upbringing varies. There's, like, things that are cr- crossing over and connections, but, you know, everybody's story is different, and I think I've, I've really enjoyed sharing that, and people sharing that with us, and I have learned, I've learned more. I feel like I've grown as a working class I've grown. Do you know what I mean? On your I mean, journey. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, because all the people I grew up with, 
uh, uh, more similar to me than or somebody I've never met or live somewhere completely different. So it is, you know, it's very different. The the kind of joke that my cousin's husband says about me is that to use a word that we don't like to use, but it is what it is. Um, he says I'm a chav in Grebo clothing, and do you know what I am? <laughs> That's just the way it is. Oh my God. I'm not gonna lie, that is a, a, an apt description. <laughs> it basically is like. Um, me and my mate went to the spa last month and um, I had my like <laughs> two piece jogger set on matching colours right and um, I was talking about the fact that when I passed my test and I was like finally getting um, getting a car and like being able to drive the two things that I wanted to do um, that were like my aims because I was so scared of driving um, yeah the, the two things where I thought right if I can just do these two things this is going to be like the absolute best thing was being able to go to McDonald's drive through and the second one was being able to drive around with, like, proper banging tunes. And I feel like... And she just went, you actually just are a child. Like, there's no two ways about it. <laughs> yeah. You can reclaim that word, it's fine. It's when other people use it. Well, yeah, Bad Boy Chiller Crew are bringing it back. They've just done a, a clothing <laughs> line called Chava as well. <laughs> well, that, I guess mentioning uh, the Bad Boy Chiller it that kind of... What I've noticed in the past ten years, there's there's ups and there's, there's good points and bad points. I know we're all about posy, but I am gonna have a rant. Um, so I've noticed that I feel like class is spoken about better in some ways, not always, but like what's that word? Nuanced. <laughs> is that Ooh, the right word? Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like instead of just being like these are poor people, blah blah blah, poor people, blah blah blah. I feel like there is more, there is a better understanding. We're getting there in terms of talking about class and how it isn't just about having no money and how it can impact you in all ways of life even if you are now financially secure as an adult um Mm -hmm. but I've also noticed I feel like there's more people who are working class coming out and talking and owning it and in all different like walks of life you know I feel like maybe maybe it's just because of the internet (laughs) I'm not. I'm, I'm acting like the internet has just been invented in the past ten years. But do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I've seen more, and even I've seen more like younger than me working class artists, which I'm. I buzz off to see like people creating art, especially you know like a job that you know you'd think growing up, oh, it's not for me because it's not a proper job and I can't make money. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I'm into art and stuff. So seeing more people, you know, doing their shit and then making good shit. But then, then, but like being up front, be like, by the way, I'm working class. And I'm very proud, and I'm I'm happy to talk about that. Um, yeah, I really. So I've definitely seen a rise in that, and I'm really happy that you can find your people. I found more people. Um, yeah. But then the flip side, I definitely think there's. This is probably in the past few years as well, that I've seen more people. To claiming to be working class when they're not <laughs> do you know what I mean like I feel like yeah. <laughs> you know maybe because they've all had two years to sit at home and they've convinced themselves that I don't know because they've got a lower paid job or because they you know they can't afford rent because who can that <laughs> 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 they're suddenly suddenly working class and I'm like it's not I don't know it, it grinds my gears <laughs> to put it politely um yeah so i i feel like there's a particular sort of person as well um i probably mentioned that meme before 
uh, in guards of racism where like you know that mean where it's like a plaster and you put it and it's like oh just because you identify as queer doesn't absolve your racism i feel like there's like particularly arty queer people who are claiming they're like working class now when they never have before and like you know i don't know maybe they were maybe they hid it maybe they were like assimilating but you know i'd I'd say assimilating I'm going to point out that I'm going to say the lot. Um, you know, I've I've seen everyone's houses at Christmas. <laughs> you know? This is the um, thing that's always the giveaway. Like, yeah. if you're not working class, let let me just use this as a public service announcement for anybody who is not actually working class but masquerades as it. We can tell. There are loads yeah. of different ways that we can tell, and I think... it makes us not like you when you do it. We don't not like people because they're not working class. No. We just want people to be legit. We're not like going like, oh God, that person's you know middle class, so we think they're a dick. No, we just want you to be normal and be yourself and just be honest about it. It's the we- dishonesty that's annoying. What I'd respect more is if people took ownership of whatever their class was. You know, like when we did our, our middle class person episode. <laughs> like, I'm not... I just... <laughs> if you come to me and start telling me you're working class and trying to like buddy up with me and then we like, can tell. try and relate but you can't relate because you, you've got nothing to relate to me with in that sense then no I just, yeah. I've got and no time for you it's more about them than it is us as well when when people want to talk to us about working class stuff and and they're almost convincing themselves first of all you're it's just embarrassing because we can tell and then secondly it's about you you're just bringing it to us for like, I don't know whether it's validation or or what. You, you know if you are, because it, it it's, comes back to that point that you already raised, Selena, of it's not simply about having no money. Like, you, you can live in poverty and have an experience of poverty and not be working class. Because there, there are two different things. Often yeah. they will overlap, but they are two different things. And I think, and that's where it gets a bit muddy. And, like, people can be struggling for a lot of, like, a number of things. And I'm not trying to say that, you know, that there's that whole idea of privilege. You know, you got to peel back your layers and realise that some, you know, and some people might be privileged in ways that others aren't and vice versa. Yeah. And and I get that some people might be confused. Like I said, if you've got, like, working class parents or you've had a different start in life than other middle class people that you know. But I think, it, like I said, it... You, you kind of know by the way you've grown up. I did um, a little bit of work with a museum as Muck, who were a, a group of working class people, uh, like a, a network, a support network for working class people within like um, music, the museum sector. Um, and they had this really good like, not a test, but you know when they they go they go into like museums and other settings and you know talk to people about class and explain how, why there's like so few working class people in these sectors because mm. it's off you know it's one of them like oh you, you know people so you get in and then they know someone they get in and they did this like really good test um that I did with them that kind of you, you know like a tick box thing like were your pet did you have two parents and was this the jobs that your parents had and did you go on holiday you know that that sort of thing like a a, te- a tick box um did you go to university and it was like really simple and broken down and it 
gave you like a a score at the end as to like how you you were privileged to have that or you weren't instead of just being like what did your parents do how much did they earn it was like a few different factors and I thought it was a really clear way for people to see how it would differ to somebody who grew up working class um so it was like you know it wasn't even about thoughts and feelings it was quite um black and white like factual that's the word I was after yeah like so I think for people, yeah. yeah so for people who don't know or think they are or have no clue or you know people who don't understand that people don't go on skiing holidays <laughs> you know it kind <laughs> of like it broke it down you're like oh that's not the norm for some people um so I could imagine if you were a room with people where majority aren't working class it was a good way of being like oh or people that were unsure it's like oh so maybe we were had less money than this other family but I guess we were like lower middle class do you know what I mean yeah and I think I feel like everyone should take that test (laughs) yeah maybe we can share it on the page (laughs) um but yes it's like what they're using their training resource but I was just like oh my this is a really good way to like not even explain it but just to be like think about that think about that think about that yeah this is how this is for me that's how that was for you do you see how that differs there you go yeah if you think like it's not about you know us us trying to align with something we just are that thing it's not about going out oh i'm going to try and fit into that group you you either in the group or you're not i think it, it because there's no like obvious signs there is sometimes but like there is no obvious outside signs of class in the way that there are for other things then maybe that's why people do it because it's yeah. more like oh yeah i can i can just be marginalized in this way or whatever if we go back to persecution complex but you know to go back to the the start point of um you know the interview with shotgun seamstress and just being like do you know what it's just for us we don't care we don't care about how anybody else wants to label themselves we just want to talk with each other about things that are nice that we remember or like a stupid that we laugh about or you know that's that's what it's for and and that's why I think we both still buzz off doing it because it's yeah, still definitely. so funny um, and it's still a big part of us lives and you know we've both changed a lot and we've both done a lot of things in the last 10 years mate a literal Oliver Twist rags to riches for me like <laughs> <laughs> you've had a right roller coaster. <laughs> Yeah, um, but like, how, how do you feel in terms of, of you? Because obviously now, you know, I mean, you've always been like an artist, but now you do lots of freelance stuff and like, you know, in in the COVID times, you were doing a lot of stuff on Zoom, which was different for you, wasn't it? Or at least ramped up stuff that you were doing. Like, how do you think the last 10 years have changed for you as well as a working class person? Um, I think... I think maybe that just comes with age. Like you just get more comfortable in all your identities anyway, which I think just does come with age. Um, like anyone I know that once they hit 30 or a bit older, like when their 20s were gone, wait, how old was we? Was I, were we in our 20s? <laughs> yeah, so we were in our 20s when we started. <laughs> just doing some maths there. Um, so I think, yeah, like that whole, you know, you're just a bit more comfortable in yourself anyway. Um so like, I feel like oh my god, wait! I've also realised it's also ten years this year since I've had my my retail job where I currently work, which is, is weird. It? That's my longest ever. Yeah, 
10 years in August. Mad. September. Yeah. Um, so that's the longest like t- um, place I've had a job. So I guess... Um, but then also, like I said, like, I feel like in the past, I don't even know how many years, five years, I've definitely got, maybe even longer, like I said, those two years that I've been. Um, my arty side of stuff has definitely took off a bit more. Um, as I always say, I think it's because I tick enough, a lot of boxes. So um, I'm, 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 especially <laughs> at the minute, I'm, you know, I want to look woke. I'm, a, I'm quite a good one. But then I'm like, but also is it just because I'm a bit more normal? <laughs> you know, that why people want to work with me. Um, but, you know, I take, you know, I take, you need someone working class. Yeah, you need one a bit brown. Yeah. Oh, I need one. Yeah, needs one a bit queer. Yeah, yeah, you can come. Oh, you're in the north. Yes, brilliant. Right, here's a job for you. Um, so I've, been, I've done a lot of work. Um, I'm definitely more burnt out from it. But I'm also the most financially... I don't want to say financially stable. Basically, I've got more money than I've ever had. Still living at home, so that's probably down to that factor. And also, I've not left the house except to go to work for two years. So that's probably helped. So that's a bit weird when I'm there being like, these people say in the working class and they're not, and like, oh, yeah. Um, But that, even though I'm like, it's not about money, um, it's still, always, you still think it is. Um, And even though, like, for example even though I know I've got I've got savings this time in my life, I still chuck my bank account every day because I, I am working class and that will probably be with me till the day I die. But yeah, I don't know, I feel like it's weird because these past two years as self-employed, I kind of made me want to not be self-employed. Which <laughs> um, <laughs> is weird. I'd rather, like, you know, it's that flip side because I've got, I can't wait, two jobs. So two years not doing retail and then going back, I was like, I hate, I hate working with the public. I hate it, especially because it was like the hardest two years when we were in work. But then I'm also like, I, I, I love what I hate about freelance. I love about, you know, I like the routine, no much how much am I going to get paid. Just knowing I go there at that time and I do it. And I don't have to send 400 emails just to get a job or have meetings or like do like fucking Tetris with a timetable. Do you know what I mean? So um yeah it's weird like I don't know where I want to go with it and I, but then I, and I miss just doing things like this like I always want to do stuff for fun and this to me is for fun yeah well isn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you know what I mean like, I, ever, I don't want to be like I'm gonna make this into my career now but then I've also I'm not a, like an ambitious person me and my sister were having this discussion the other day we were like we're the, the sort of I said, maybe not my brother but where the rest of us are the sort of family that just we just want to make enough money to live and we're happy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as long as we're doing something nice, seeing the people that we like. My brother's more like he wants all the money, but maybe not as much as the work. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different generation. If we talk about like we did talk a bit about this on the Black Lives Matter episode. Right, and we've also talked about it in in other episodes. And again, I think it ties back to that original shotgun seamstress point is sometimes it is just about joy. And like when you're surrounded by things that make you feel sad or triggered or are negative or, you know, is people like trying to do good or whatever. And it's just like sometimes you just want joy. You want to carve your own little space out and look for some joy. Um but yeah, I think then that can probably lead us into what we were talking about before when you use the phrase working class influencer. So 
Something that has really changed in the last 10 years is there are actual, like, poverty influencers. <laughs> we kind of coined this term. Because it's edgy to be poor. <laughs> there are actual people who... Like, we, we would say we were, like, working class influencers and not poverty influencers. Oh, my God. But, like, they had a chapter in their life where they were in a situation of poverty. And, you know, that, that shit, it's hard. But then I don't know what what the thing is, but then they've made, like, a whole career of, out of it. Despite no longer being in poverty, maybe they were in poverty for, like, two or three years or whatever, but like everything from then on in is about that and it's it gets very negative because i mean it yeah it, it's crap living in poverty um but yeah it, it's a strange thing like there there's a handful of names i'm not going to name them because i'm not trying to shit talk but like it's so strange that you would focus on this one thing and that... i'll point out that we're talking about like people on the telly <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, as opposed to, like, people we know personally, but, like, as yeah. a thing. Like, to, like on you know... TV or on social or, like, writers or whatever. You know, or when they need to call someone in to write a piece or, you yeah. know, when they do that thing on the telly where they have, like, two opposing people having a debate <laughs> about racism and you're like, why is this even a debate? Two opposing people having a debate about the cost of living, you know, and they have to pull somebody in. Yeah. There's, like, five people who you're going to ring. Right, <laughs> at the moment, there's like five names that you're going to definitely ring. And those people grew up not working class, controversial, but do your Googling, go on Wikipedia. There are people who do not grow up working class, who were in a situation of poverty for maybe less than five years, and they are the ones talking or being invited to interviews because they're poverty influencers. It's a bit mental. And it's very strange for people who are working class. They're like, wait a minute what's this about you know and then you've got people who are legit working class people who are constantly being made to look shit on the telly go on go on, on social media i feel like we've been talking for nearly an hour and you've not named named some of your faves i've not named my faves katie price bless her she's here she's she's doing a few shows at the minute because she's fallen on very rough times she can't catch a break maybe on love of huns She's finally getting the the, the love that the she, deserves she deserves on the Huns channels. But, you know, like, other than that, it, it that's the difference. You've got other people who had, like, this fall from grace, let's say, and then just capitalise on it for the rest of their life. But then there's other people who live it all the time. Hey? It might, actually, no, maybe it wasn't you. I think it was somebody else, maybe somebody at work, and I was like, there's an acceptable face of working classness. Yeah. Or an acceptable face of poverty. And yeah. these poverty influences are in it. And then there's also people that have, like, you know, your Gordon Ramsay's. <laughs> I don't know why you came in my head, just because I remember that program where he's like, I, you know, you, you, you bootstrap type of people. You put yeah, on. bootstraps. They're yeah. the acceptable. And there's, like, not just, like, on telly or on, like, celebrity, but I mean in, like, real life as well, you know. I'm probably classed as an acceptable face of um, being working class. And that's why I think sometimes I, not play up, but, you know, sometimes I want to be loud and a bit coarse and a bit rough, Mm. (laughs) you know, because I I feel like 
why should I be the acceptable, you know, people who have been to university or have got jobs that were often infiltrated by middle class, they're the acceptable face of working class. Do you know what I mean? I feel like mm-hmm. there is a, there's still this thing where it's like, oh, but you're okay. In the same way that people like, oh, I'm an okay person of colour as well because I'm from here, you know, and, but like, yeah, but my dad's not, you know, you know, there's like, oh, you're right, because you, you've, you've, you, you, you know, you're not segregated or you're not this, or you've assimilated, you know, there's an acceptable, there's always an acceptable form of a marginalised group. And there's, and there's definitely like an acceptable form of like working class people. And there's people that would never, you know, some people are, uh, you know, infiltrating, like your, your main men, um, you know, your bad boy. I feel like they probably wouldn't be classed as an acceptable form of... Um... Your bad boy Chili Crew is constantly yeah. making jokes about smashing loads of drugs on Instagram. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? But, like, there is some that make, you know, but I feel like if you need somebody to come and talk or represent, you're not going to get those people. You're going to get this acceptable form of whoever. Yeah, and I for think... it, if you were going to have, like, oh, what, what's it like? Like, what, what do people think about living on the breadline? Yeah. Are you going to invite Jack Monroe or are you going to invite Bad Boy Chiller Crew? <laughs> I know who I'd ask. I mean, I know who I'd, who I'd ask. But yeah, who's going to be on with Phil and Holly talking about the breadline? <laughs> but like, even like, I don't know why you said that this morning. I get really excited when I see anybody that's like, particularly Northern or not even particularly, you know, working class, like, you know, been watching more daytime telly of recent. And I love me some Alison Hammond. And and even like Josie, like she was on summer. Oh, Josie talking Love. about like child obesity, and she she'd have to fill in for Holly, and she was like, you know, and she was just like, you know, we grew up working class. My mum just fed me whatever because that's all she could afford, you know. And and I was like, yeah, this is what I want to see. But I feel like there's less and less of that, and you, you know, people are creeping in, and that and I definitely think there's more, but I do think there's still like an acceptable face. Yeah, and sometimes I think it's just people who want to be that thing so much that, I don't know, it becomes more about them and a performance than it does about just being legit and having a chat. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, your Alison Hammonds and your Joses are just having a good time and they're happy to be there, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And they're just being honest and they're not using big words. And then you've got other people who, I just feel like it's all eyes on me, do you know what I mean? I don't know. Um, Do you know what what else I've noticed change over the past 10 years? It's the G word. Which Which I think is happening everywhere, particularly in cities. Gentrification. Oh, that G word. I know I've talked about this. Yeah. But I feel like, because I live in a big city, it's gone gone tenfold. To the point where I don't really like the city I live anymore. I'm not going to move, because, well... That's bold. Mm. Maybe my brother were talking about it, and, you know, like... I, you know, I still want to live here, but it doesn't feel. I think someone else was, I knew was saying it like it's it's lost its heart. Yeah. It's not, you know, it doesn't feel like my city anymore. It's weird. There's just there's too there's too many ugly buildings. Um, <laughs> there's too many people being pushed out, and I feel like basically I know I live in a. It's with any city, but I know I live in a place where it's all about money. And it's, they're not even, like, trying to hide that anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think there was a few years where they would. 
but now it's just like nope we need more money more money and yeah i don't know it's a bit sad yeah and also like if we think about the difference in modern day of like council housing or even private rental housing like it's a lot harder to stay in the same place for a long time yeah and you know them amazing bonds and communities that working class people used to have it's a lot harder to find you know, people just keep putting up rents or, like, you're on waiting lists for, for yeah, housing. They have to keep moving to the next place exactly. or the next place. Yeah, and places get gentrified and then you can't get any housing there. So then you have to move your kids out of schools and, and all that sort of stuff. There's a lot more upheaval now than there I was think... back in, you know, our parents' day. Yeah, and I definitely think there's um more of, like, people not realising that they are contributing to the problem. Yeah, you know, just because they have an understanding or their politics align with with the, the greater good, but then they move into places and they're like, oh, but I'm you know I'm I'm all right, I'm legit. It's like yeah, but just by existing there is is part of the problem. So I think there's more and more of that. Um, I keep being really bold to be like, it'll never hit me. Gentrification will never hit our end. And then all my family like, it's going to come like, nah, nah, you know, but it's slowly eating away at all the other places in Manchester. Um, I do think I'm going to be on the last, I think. (laughs) I don't think people want to be up here. I don't know. I mean, I would personally, because we've got all the best shops, but I don't (laughs) But, you know, we don't have any craft ales or, and we don't have any, what's the other thing? That's when you know it's time to go. (laughs) we also don't have any pubs anymore all the pubs are shut um so you know that is a sign but do you know what 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 are the other signs that you know you your rent's going i mean the rent's gone up artists have bakeries yeah i was going to say we don't have any but we do have um obviously there's a greg's um there's also a martin's for anyone in the north of manchester that's like a, a local mini greg's chain martin's yeah shout out to martin's the bakers <laughs> but there is, there is an independent bakery across the road um it's a romanian bakery so um i'm, I'm not too worried about gentrification <laughs> yeah it's I a think... lovely bakery but i didn't i didn't see it and think oh my god they've got sourdough loads. although my brother did say our street was getting gentrified because he saw two women taking a polaroid two doors down outside the house <laughs> he's like it's happening it's happening someone's taking a polaroid picture outside the house he's like one of my dungarees on it's happening you're like, oh my god, it's, it's here. We've been gentrified. <laughs> you know, I am a person who owns several pairs of ugly and several Polaroid cameras, but I'm from here, so it's alright. <laughs> <laughs> but my brother's like, it's happening, it's happening. So, one thing um, we were also going to talk about as well is this concept of like elective poverty so you know how there is a real difference of people who almost choose to live a stripped back life you know and and choose to you know kind of anti-capitalist um i don't know other phrases to use but kind of this this stripped back life of i don't know living in i was gonna say a perfect example is like obviously i was getting annoyed at like I've seen a rise, as much as I've seen a rise in working class people being artists and like making some amazing shit, I've seen a rise in 
other artists claim they're working class because I don't know. Generally, being an artist, you don't have any money unless you're like really big balls, but you're not going to have a lot of money. <laughs> generally, that's not. It's not. It's not a career where you're going to get a lot of money without yeah. a lot of graft or stress. Um, but yeah, they're like this kind of like this this type of like artist who probably you know a bit edgy and dress like don't wash their shoes <laughs> and like I, thought, I just sound like I want to be really mean and you know kind of dress a bit like a bit more left field and a bit kooky and a bit you know out there and you know everything's like thrifted or found or cheap and then I was thinking about how basically the circles I move in are those more of those circles whereas my brother who also does art he probably call himself an artist, even sure. more self-taught than me. And uh, literally all his mates are like some kind of, they've got a finger in some kind of hustle or some kind of arty creative pie, they're, whether they're like making clothes or they're DJs or they're, you know, and majority of his friends are like black as well. And from Manchester, you know, they, you know they've all grown up here and, you know, but they are looking pretty damn sleek. <laughs> well, that's the difference in it as well. Like, you when when you're a working class kid yeah yeah, like you're getting clothes and shoes and whatever you're getting it from the catalogues you're actively trying to look not poor aren't you when you're a kid when you're a teenager especially like that's where all the brands come from in it so to go back to you know (laughs) the sesame street sponsorships of today is bad boy chiller crew i'm going to mention them again like you don't see them ever wearing anything other than like specific designers. But again, it's like working class people tend to have this specific designers that they go for. It's always like, you know, D squared or Armani exchange or like, you know, if you've properly got like stupid, crazy money, like legit Burberry and like the, it's the opposite thing. You know, if you're a person who would be quite happy wearing scruffy trainers like, a lot of working-class people, unless you've got, like, zero, zero choices, you, you're not going to be wanting to do that. You want to have nice things, don't you? And it's, it's like, a different thing. This, like, idea yeah. of elective poverty. It's, that's like, what separates the two. Even when I was a teenager, you know, because I was, as I said, alt in the previous episode, alt. I was alt. <laughs> you know, like, I was making my own clothes and thinking I was, like, the coolest kid in town. But I still wanted to look presentable, you know. Yeah. I still wanted to look clean and tidy. And I didn't want to look like all my stuff had holes in or my shoes weren't dirty. And, you know, like my brother now, he's like Mr. Cool, you know, Mr. Cool dude, isn't he? You've seen him. Yeah, he's because he cool. wears all the best gear. Like, you know, we, it, him and his, I always joke because I'm like, Crocs, right? Don't care what you say, Crocs are a middle class shoe. Unless, <laughs> <laughs> unless they are on a working class person, particularly. A black working class. So me, me, my brother and all his mates got some free Crocs, and they just put them on. I'm like, oh my god, have you made Crocs look cool? They're a bit of clashy, aren't they? <laughs> Mate, trying... remember um, I used to work in that shop that sold Crocs, and I don't care. All like so many people that I think look mint um, are wearing Crocs, and I just never will because I remember also, the vibe. My brother said. <laughs> um, he thinks they're overrated. He th- he's he's also got a pair of foamy Birkenstocks because you know he's reclaimed yes, again mate. another another middle class shoe that yeah. he's reclaimed for the uh, working class black man. Um, yeah. <laughs> he said they are comfier than the Crocs. He thinks the Crocs aren't as comfy as everyone's making out. So yeah, 
it's that I think because I live in a city that does have like one of the biggest student populations in Europe and obviously more and more students are from backgrounds of money backgrounds of money money background money that's the sentence well middle class or <laughs> upper middle class because you who else can fucking afford to go to university these days they're making it harder and harder um I think I see that a lot more you know you're slumming it in the big city because you're a student so therefore you're poor because that's just standard yeah um, except sometimes people are paying your entire rent and you don't have to have a job so therefore you <laughs> do much better at your degree and then also uh, you get to buy a laptop with all the software on it that you need to be successful and, and do all your stuff outside of work. Uh, yeah, it's just a slight difference. Still not washed your trainers, what's going on? Yeah, get get to fucking size. Get your family credit card out that you know you've got. <laughs> well, there's that thing. I know, I'm not obviously we had, we had a fashion episode, but that whole thing as well where like you can buy shoes now that are like four million pounds and they look like they've, they've been worn and not had a wash. It's that, yeah. So I think... Like those people are to blame. I guess that's just how society is working. Like this is this is what makes you look cool, looking like you've got no money. Yeah, and do you know what? Like, if you're a person who grew up working class, and to go back to that thing as well of if you didn't grow up working class and then you had a couple of poor years and then you're back on track again, that that is not an identity. That's an experience that you got through. Yeah. Right. If you grow up and that's your core identity, and that was your life, and that's all your family members and all your friends, like, and the school that you went to and everything, you know what it's like to be looked at or looked down upon. You know that people have judged you on what you wear or how you talk or how you look or they followed you around a shop because they think you're going to nick stuff and all that business. You don't want that. So you don't want to look poor. That's the difference, isn't it? I'm going to turn it around. So, um, what 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 do you see as the future of Paul? What would you want? What do you want it to achieve? What or what do you want? I was going to say, what do you want ten years from now? Don't I don't like that question. I'm not a I'm not a planner. I'm not a ten year planner. I'm like, what do I want for my tea tomorrow? I'm a that kind of planner. <laughs> but I'm not a, like I've got a five year plan planner. I'm just like, let's just see what happens. So not quite the um, Molly May and Kim K um, work ethic. That's why I'm. That's why I'm sat here, you know, like Kirsty Allsop says, it's because I've, you know, I've got a Netflix membership and I'm, and I'm basically like, like Molly May and Kim K, I'm not thinking about grafting 24 hours a day. I'm th- I'm too busy thinking about what biscuit do I want with my brew later, you know, those kind of forward planning. So, this yeah, is it. failing at life, isn't it? Yeah. This is it. Well, what I would love to do for Paulas next is, well, we, we know how much we love an event. You know, it's nice to, as much as it's lovely talking to you through a screen, Selena, <laughs> it's very nice to be in a room full of people who buzz off it and we all buzz off each other. And yeah, it's so nice when you do an event and people come up and people join in and, um, you know, they want to talk or they want to share. Like, that that's what's mint about doing this. When people get in touch and they're like, oh my God, when you said this... Me and my mates thought this and we were, you know, we had a proper chat after it and we all like were laughing about this that, that you mentioned. And it's not like because we've said it, you know, I'm not saying it like that. It, it's because end of day, like we have this space and it's so nice now that enough people have like, like, it's not just our mates listening to it <laughs> anymore. No. Like, 
we realise that it's not just our mates. So that's just also, really shout nice. Out to our mates who don't listen to, to us anymore. You're allowed to now because we've got other people that listen to us. <laughs> other people feeding our egos and making us working class influencers. TM. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's true. Like it's so nice, and we've made new friends, haven't we? We've we've like actually made connections with people. I think through it's made doing this. not not lonely, but you know sometimes. Like I think maybe I'm in a I think I'm in a privileged position, right? Because maybe because I still live and because I still live in the area I grew up in, more or less. That mm. I don't, you know, I still I'm I'm in touch. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I've not, and I feel like even at work, I've not had to assimilate too much, and so I feel like I'm privileged because I've not had to go to a place of work and pretend or try or anything. I'm not. So, yeah, but I feel like doing this made me. Yeah, so I feel like I've met more people as well. So, and that I think that in turn makes you feel more comfortable because you feel less like alone. Even though I've never really felt alone, but do you know what I mean? You know, when you meet someone, you're like, oh, you feel the same, or you've had that experience. Like, yeah, it it just makes you feel a bit better, doesn't it? Yeah, finding your people, being among your people, it's yeah. a big thing. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think I'd I'd definitely like to have more events, more yeah. like in person thing and. You know, in the last year especially, it's got to the point where we get invited to stuff and we get offered to do cool things. And that's amazing. It's because we're working class influence. Because we're working class influence. People might might think I'm serious. (laughs) I mean, please, everybody know that we are not serious. Like I said, Uh, the only thing I can influence is what I'm having with my brew. So, um, do you know, I, I think... We both always wanted, but I don't know what we do or how we do it. I, I feel like now we've created this platform uh, and now we're influenced. You know, we've made this space for ourselves and other people. I want to be able to help, but I don't know how. You know, other, you know, yeah. like younger people, like I help out, you know, people that feel. Because when, you know, when we did the, the uh, episode with. Um, Me, Clay. Yeah. I was, bu- I was buzzing after that, me. Yeah, same. We bloody love that one, don't we? Yeah, I just... And I think as well, like, young people now getting more shit done and set... Like, I mean, I'm not trying to say, like, I want to help them open doors. Mate, they're doing more shit than I did at their age. Mm, for sure. So I think I just want to, you know... I don't know, whatever you do as you get older. Like, help create more space for them? I don't know. Yeah, and we talked a lot, haven't we, about, like, gatekeeping... And there were things yeah. that we didn't even know were possible for us when we were younger. And it took us maybe longer to understand them things and unpack them things. You know, we might have been more able to be us and, um, you know, take up space younger and get more shit done and have more time of our lives doing that kind of good stuff, you know? I think young people now have more of an understanding of that and a bit more open and, and can discuss things and also call, like, stupid shit out. I don't necessarily yeah. mean cancel culture, but I just mean people like, oh, just shut up. <laughs> like, whatever, mate. <laughs> Pack it in, you know. Yeah. There's definitely more of that. Like, um, yeah, I think, I don't know, that whatever we can do, we always like to try and do stuff that's positive, don't we? Like, I know yeah. we can chat shit, but, like, at the same time, there's a level of you need to be critical, of course, but, like, yeah, making people feel seen and lifting people up um, and just, honestly, being able to speak in the way that you speak and not feel filtered or whatever 
and have other people hear it is such a big deal. Like, and that's the sort of stuff we hear back from people, isn't it? Like, do you know the amount of people that message us and say, oh, it's so nice to hear a northern podcaster? Like, and, and that's just such a basic Imagine thing, but like, oh my God. Yeah. Plot twist, we're not even northern. Imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's mad to think that, isn't it? That, yeah. I mean, it's it's less so now because like, everyone's got a podcast, but like we used to get it a lot of the time. When, when we invented podcasts 10 years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. When we were there on the on the front line of podcasts there. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's the thing that is really like a nice thing for us. Um, and I don't think we ever really thought that like Paul Ass would become what it is now. It just naturally became it. I don't even know how we even decided to do a podcast, to be honest. I do. It was like, it's because I always prefer to use the tech one. Do you know, I can remember the exact kind of, it was around Grenfell, I think. And we were, obviously the zines were taking ages because it was like submissions based. Mm. And so it's hard, you know, because everyone has life in the way to, to do something. And you were like, you were like, I'm into tech. I can I can sort this out. I can figure this out. Let's have something more instant. Which then didn't turn out to be as instant as we hoped. Because again, life life still exists and gets in the way. Being an adult still exists and gets in the way. Who knew? But yeah, and I think we wanted to respond to things quicker. Cause, yeah. But the, you know, it's weird to think that back then, we were like, so much stuff's happening that involves class that we want to be able to respond to it quicker. Like Literally, we'd have to do a podcast a day if we wanted to respond to everything that happened now. Yeah, definitely. The world so moves like, so fast. Yeah, so I think that was it. And then, it, so we, yeah, that didn't happen because, like, who even can keep up with all the shit that gets piled on people? Um, so that, I think that was it. Yeah, we wanted something a bit more instant. And I was like, yeah, go on then. Yeah, I'm willing to try it. Well, because, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I like the way you describe it. I'm into tech. Like I would never have suggested to do something like this because I wouldn't have a clue about where to start. Whereas you would be like, "Nah, this is something I can figure out." I mean, it, it totally was figuring it out because I'd never done anything like that before either. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was just a bit of a gamble on it, but thankfully it worked out. And um. <laughs> so, shall we talk a little bit about? what things we're gonna do for the year ahead and then she will reveal our our big news and our big yeah. like, competition let's say so obviously we're um gonna reflect more so there'd be more of you know was me not be able to form sentences and going does that make sense as i always say at the end do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i've i've just so i've just grown so much you know now i've just grown so much um so yeah, there'll be lots of reflection, some special guests, hopefully. Well, uh, yeah, should we... Um, so, you know, we said at the beginning of this where we're going to do, like, a special for each um, theme of the zines that we had. So we're going to revisit each of the, the does zines. Does this mean we have to reread one. what we wrote? Mate, it does as well, so it's probably going to be... Oh my God. Are we going to... Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't probably think I'm going to read out what we wrote because... Well, maybe we well, should have read all that before and then we could have told told everyone what's changed in the past 10 years well mate do you remember like what the first two or three issues of the zine is me being like bloody top boy and being like oh yeah mate who thought I could own a business yeah buzzing yeah and then I went bankrupt (laughs) (laughs) so I said roller coaster (laughs) basically we're archiving I'm really I I like saying that now you know people like you need to archive 
especially yeah. people that don't get you don't get their stories archived or told i'm rubbish i'm no good at taking pictures i'm no good at like i've i've got a super memory so it's all in my head but that's no good for when i'm gone people aren't going to remember that so I'm, I'm glad that they exist as a form of not not necessarily the shit i wrote but you know as a form of like an archive for for for, for working class people yeah for sure i think there's definitely some some episodes some issues i'd probably be a bit more comfortable reading than the other ones where i was like oh my god it's amazing who can believe it look at me and then it was like yeah but look how far you've come look how far you've come an absolute bloody ronin roller coaster that's what that is (laughs) i know i had to keep meaning to sing that yeah so uh yeah so So we're gonna revisit Re- revisit them in a sense and um and get people yeah. to read them people yeah. all our special guests to come we're gonna see if people who originally wrote for the zine will come on and read you their story and talk about it so, i guess Ooh. this is a shout out so if you are someone that ever contributed to the zine and doesn't hate everything you've ever written like i do since i've written it <laughs> and would want to reflect and look back then uh, yeah let us know let us know um and the first one's work in it yeah yeah so the the work next episode is going to be on the work theme so we're going to talk about the zine itself we're going to hopefully have some guests some willing guests to come and read and then we're going to have some different uh topics as well relating to that so we're probably going to focus on things like gatekeeping you know certain industries and, and things like that that maybe we don't or we didn't know about when we were younger and you know top tips from your big sis and all that um do you remember that amazing thing that Rookie used to do where it was like advice from a 30-year-old? Oh that God, was yeah. so good. Such a cool idea. And um, It's like, going to be like that. <laughs> but us giving, me giving advice on uh, how to succeed in retail. <laughs> <laughs> how, do you know what the great succession is? The uh, wearing of masks at work because you can swear at people under your breath and they don't know. <laughs> uh, love it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that's fun, fun stuff coming up. Um, yeah, a trip down memory lane. Um, but I guess the, I think the funniest thing that's coming up is because we are <clears throat> working class influencers. TM. Oh my god, here we go. A drum roll. <laughs> it's a freaking brilliant prize, and we're very lucky because um, this particular company. Honestly, they ask for nothing from us. Like we, when we say we, we're joking about being working class influencers, we don't just do stuff and people go, oh, can you do this? And we do it. We're just happy to talk about this company <laughs> and we have done and they happen to hear us and they are being excellent. So um, another shitey drum roll sound. There you go. Is, yeah, that was good. Yeah, that... We are giving a lucky winner. I feel like I'm on this morning. Ooh, we're giving our... Like we're going to give one lucky winner a year's supply of Yorkshire That's bloody tea! Supply. A, a year! We've done the maths. I did the maths as well the other day. And I feel like it's... If you average three cups a day... I'm sure that's what it was. I love that you've done the maths. I mean, they did tell us that they, they did the maths and that's why they've sent us the specific <laughs> bags. But I love that you've worked that out as an average of three a day. And um, But yeah, you know, us working class folks, we love a cup of tea. There's no messing about there. And uh, Yorkshire tea... If times are hard, 
It's the cup good thing. If, if times are good, some celebrating some news, cup of tea. Yeah. You know, welcome your guests, cup, when, cup of tea. Yeah, cup, there's a cup of tea for, for every, every occasion. <laughs> so. Oh, no, um, wait, maybe it's more. Hold on. It's more than three cups a day. Are you doing more maths? I think basically I did some bad maths when I gave my sister some free tea bags. Whoops. I did bad. Even though I do have two GCSEs in maths, um, I am technically doing bad maths right now. Mate, I ain't even got one. So I'm going to leave you doing the maths and I'm going to tell the listeners more about this uh, okay. this competition. So the very excellent people at Yorkshire Tea are giving one of our lucky listeners, I feel like I'm on a radio show now, a year's, a year's supply of Yorkshire tea. Honestly, what a set of legends. So what we are going to do is we have this little hashtag, right? And it's going to be Paulas10. And all we want you to do is share on social, can be any platform you want. Although I am pretty like excited to see if people use TikTok because I feel like you can be so much more creative on there. Are you going to check that though? Because I don't know how to do TikTok. Mate, you know I'm all over TikTok. I love that shit. That's so, all right then. Um, what we want you to do on any network, just use Paulas10 and we'll be able to find you, is we want to know what does work, being working class mean to you? Right? And it can be whatever. It can be a bloody dance. It can be a video of your nan drinking tea. It can be, I don't know, um, bad boy chill crew. <laughs> it can be anything you want. We just want to see what it means to you. Because as we talked about earlier in the episode, it means something different to everybody. And it's about pride and taking up space and sharing these feelings of joy and community with each other. And we just think it would be a really cool thing to see um, people getting involved in. And then we'll just choose our winner. Um. So... Terms and conditions. Terms oh, yeah, terms and conditions, conditions yeah. So, um, Paul asked 10 with the number 10. Is that what we want? Yeah. I'm just clarifying here. So, not not, not the word 10. <laughs> um, no, just in case people get missed. Um, and uh, closing, closing date for your entries. I feel like I'm going to be like, send it with a stamped addressed envelope to PO Calls Box. Calls will cost <laughs> 35p a minute. <laughs> and one pound fifty plus your regular landline charge. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so when did when did the people have until then? So you have until the end of this month. Which, if you're listening to this in the future, you may have already missed. But it's, <laughs> it's March, um, March the thirty first. Yeah, thirty first. Yeah, Thursday, thirsty Thursday, thirsty <gasps> Thursday. Thursday. Oh my God! Um, yes. <laughs> um, of March in the year twenty twenty two. Yes, so... I'm just getting that in there so people know. We need you to start getting creative. We want to see what it means to you. And it's going to be a nice thing. And we're really looking forward to seeing what people do. But just remember, a year's supply of Yorkshire tea. OMG indeed. What are you going to do? Are you going to think? What are you going to do? I was was there. I was like, oh, what what would I do? I don't know. (laughs) what, What would you do? I don't know. Honestly, I have no idea. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what people do. So yeah, that that's it. And we're gonna we're gonna bring stuff to a close now because you know we've got priorities which include watching Gogglebox on Friday nights because that is essentially my church. So that's what I'm gonna go and do. But <laughs> this is the church needs my people. This is exactly it. They, they are my people. I mean, like, I was talking to my mate the other day. Oh no, that was just Gogglebox. <laughs> 
that's not my friend. You know, they run Gogglebox. Yeah, like, oh shit, no, that's that was Ellie on Gogglebox. Damn. Anyway, <laughs> um, desperate to bump into them sisters, me when I'm in Leeds, you know. But yeah, so that that's that. Year's supply. Get your Yorkshire tea. Hashtag poor last share ten. The working class pride and love and joy. Yes. Get it everywhere. That's what you want to see. That's what you want to see. Absolutely. So yeah, look forward to um, celebrating. 10 whole years of us chatting shit whether it's writing it down whether it's on a podcast um we really appreciate everybody interacting with us on this stuff sharing stories with us um messaging us it, it's mint so we love doing it we yeah. want to keep doing it so yeah it's going to be then every month we're going to hope to try and do every month anyway this year um revisiting some of the zine stuff but yeah just doing some nice throwbacks and celebrating people uh yeah it's going to be amazing. Looking forward to it. Me too. Yay! Yay! And on a high. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that. See you next time, innit? Bye. Bye.